Welcome to Mystics and Broomsticks Podcast with Melanie Dawn and Tanya Ryan. Hey, everybody. I have a really special guest here today that I would be a semi-stalker of. <laughs> I think I've talked <laughs> about you on here before, Jennifer. Um, so I first met uh, Jennifer as a teacher at Breathe Hot Yoga in Calgary, and she knocked my socks off. Uh, it was more of a yoga teaching and how to be human <laughs> and to avoid being ro- robotic in your programming. Uh, and it just like spoke to me on so many levels. And then I uh, also had three friends. <laughs> we we were all there one day. You just don't know this. <laughs> I don't even, I've not told you this either, but we're like, we're going to go into the Sunday class. It's just so... Uh, moving and so transformative for a drop-in class, which is something that you don't really get, but you don't just do that. And so I looked you up after your class and I'm going through a lot right now, big shifts happening in my life. And I found your website and you call yourself a perception facilitator. And I was like, this is interesting to me. I'd never heard what you do called that. And I thought, this is something that I need. And so I signed on. I've been working with Jennifer behind the scenes as... Um, I'll let you explain more because I've already ruined the SIP method. No. <laughs> she's, had to, she's had to clear that up for me. And I thought it would be such a great thing for you guys to hear about because we spend so much time trying to meditate our way through everything, breathe through everything instead of actually feel it. And even though I've been working with uh, Jennifer for three weeks, I was still doing that. And then finally, and this is the thing about being honest with what you're doing and where you're at, is that she could tell me like, hey, you're actually not doing the full feeling. So I'll let you, I'm not going to slaughter it, but I, I think I know how to embody it now but I don't know how to explain it. But yeah. welcome, Jennifer. That's a big intro. Uh, thank <laughs> you, Melanie. You. I'm so excited we're doing this. It's just Me so too. fun. Yeah, it's just a really great way too to give people new tools and, and models of doing things. Yeah. Right. How did you How did you get to do this? I know you have a pretty dramatic story, uh, what mm-hmm. happened to you and, and how you ended up doing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, in a nutshell, in 2005, I had an epiphany, and my life was going about 190 miles down the wrong lane of everything. I was really heavy in alcohol addiction. And when I had this epiphany, um, and it could be seen as a near-death experience for some, although it was never medically proven, um, I had an encounter with God, and it started to immediately after radically shift my life. And I went from needing to be in a blackout state every single day to lights on, not a single urge for alcohol. So everything in my life radically changed. But at the same, so people and uh, that I was hanging out with shifted and things like that. And what I was doing during the day and in the evening shifted and changed. But then I became extremely heightened to all of my feelings too, because now I wasn't numbing them out with alcohol. So during the first year though, that didn't happen. I was on a real high, so to speak on a full high light high, uh, that was going on. And it was the first time during that year that, um, 
I began having what I call merges with people. And so this isn't something that I can actively make happen or haven't yet actively made happen. It's just something that will randomly come on where I meet with somebody's conscious and they'll tell me different things that are going on with them behind the scenes of their cognizant mind. So it's like their light body comes to mind and we have this this change that I'm aware of, but that they're not aware of in their everyday life. And so things like that were happening all the time during that first year after the epiphany. And then everything came to a halt and then completely collapsed on me. And I went into a major depression, had extreme anxiety, and it went on like that for years. But I still didn't have the urge to drink. So I was still on a different path. But um, I was no longer feeling uh, happy and light and connected at all and then I I got into yoga some years later a few years after that and then that took me on a whole other journey and so I started doing different yoga teacher trainings that then led me to want to go into deeper states of learning about exposing the self and traveling around the whole world and hiring people that I found really interesting that I found drawn to not to come back and recreate their modality and teach what they were teaching but more so so that they could help me peel back my own layers to show me and help reveal more about what happened in that epiphany and I call that epiphany by the way the whiteout because everything went white in it um there was no body no no nothing it was ever just white light so Anyways, um, yeah, moving around the world like that, not moving around, but traveling around the world like that really helped me to gain perspective on, on what had happened and then also how to harness then on some of those abilities and do what I do today, which is called perception facilitation. So I call it perception facilitation because I, I'm not a healer. I don't go in to heal somebody's body. I come in as a facilitator. So I come in to pause the program slash belief pattern that is in charge of the person. It's the filter that's in the way that's preventing them from living a happy and optimal life. And once that's put on pause, then the person's body functions without it. So another way to say that is when the program's not operating them, they heal and repair. And so their perception of their world changes. So I simply facilitate a part of that, which is pausing the program and then their body repairs itself. And then that led, you know, I've been doing that now for almost nine years, I think. Oh, wow. And um, yeah. And then, you know, like everything, you just gain more and more perspective as time goes by, as you know, you're an energy worker. So you start out doing something and and then as the, the days and the weeks and the months and the years go by, it, it starts to become more evolved and you learn more about mm-hmm. what it is you're doing and how to take it to new heights and um, what works and what doesn't. And also, uh, one of the things I've, I really come to learn is not everything, one thing works for everybody. Yeah. So somebody will come to me, two people will come to me working, wanting me to stall the program anxiety for example, but yet what's underneath it is very different for them. What's driving that anxiousness 
um, for them to feel powerless too is different for everybody because we're all coming mm-hmm. from different backgrounds and different issues and, and things. So once we peel back one layer, there's other layers to start to go through. And I'm always pleasantly surprised to get into working with each person because it's so different. And I get to learn through the whole process, you know, and, um, and have my own healing and Mm -hmm. through that as well. And then that, of course, I had been writing several manuscripts throughout that time, but then decided to publish one in 2021 called soul center. And then that's where I explained the sit method, yeah, which is all about how to feel your feelings. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, A lot of people will say to me, and then I've read it, they're like, this is not an easy read. This is something that, you know, you're not just able to coast through. And then if you do, you're going to miss everything mm-hmm. because it's a lot of new information. Even parts where I'm uh, pertaining to the chakras, some instructor, yoga instructors would just breeze right past it or, you know, about right. the chakras. Well, no, I'm, I'm talking about the chakras in a completely different way than mainstream society mm-hmm. and even meditation. Um, so even, uh, the, uh, how we're breathing stressfully or non-stressfully and, and what that actually does to the body and your environment. So there's a lot of things that when you read it, you have to go back and reread it mm-hmm. because it's a whole new learning because it's a different, a totally different system and yeah. way of seeing, seeing the world. And so there's been, you know, a lot of, um, I, you know, people that have said over the years, well, you just have to feel it. You know, you just got to feel your emotions, but mm-hmm. nobody's really given a step method to that right. and how to do that, how to, how to follow from the start of an emotion through to the next. Yeah, And that is, that's paramount because if you just throw a little temper, you're like, oh, well, I'm going to feel my anger today. And mm-hmm. then I'm going to scream and yell into this pillow and I'm going to stomp my feet and then it's going to be done. It's like, no, all that does is add fuel to the fire and create more of a temper tantrum. You're not following the temper tantrum through mm-hmm. like it needs to be through till exhaustion until that emotion completely exhausts you, mm-hmm. which sometimes can take an hour or more. You never know until you get into it because it's yours. Yeah. But um, I liked when yeah. you were telling me about, uh, feeling it that you want to be alone so that you don't Mm -hmm. wear like this mask or have that belief that I can't be seen in this way to just be completely free to see it through to exhaustion. Mm -hmm. At first I wanted to be like, Oh, I, I can be who I am in front of my family. But then when you said like you had explained to me one of your sits and how it was Mm -hmm. like, uh, like panting and all this stuff coming out of you that you really don't have control over, but mm-hmm. your ego will want to onboard control right away when you are crawling on the floor. <laughs> so yeah. you will like, don't cause our, our, especially for women, our innate drive is to take care of everyone around us. So we want to make everyone around us comfortable. So this kind of work you do have to do on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is completely personal. And the thing that drives everybody to be insane is trying not to feel something. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to do all these other methods 
that are going to help me psychoanalyze everything. And then I'm going to go to a therapist for years on end so I can keep talking my way through that. And they're going to tell me to feel my feelings, but it's never going to be followed through. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to remain stuck in a prisoner to everything that I'm not accepting about myself because that's all it is at the end of the day. When you're feeling zapped and controlled by something, it's because you haven't accepted it back in. We don't want to feel something, we push it out and then it zaps us. And as we push it further out, it the environment keeps recreating situations with people, places and things to show us what we haven't accepted in ourselves. And then when we blame the other person and say, you did this to me, we reinforce not accepting it and pushing it further out. And then it, and then it just keeps getting recreated. And that's why a lot of people will move from relationship to relationship, mm-hmm. different people, different stories, but keep re- recreating the same old patterns that they're doing. So in order for people to see it through, which is what uh, the SIT method stands for, um, it being the negatively charged belief, really means that you, like how you were just saying, you have to set time aside to be by yourself. Mm-hmm. And you can't have somebody, you can't have your phone on, number one. That's an example. Like if I go, oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to set this time aside. Nobody's in the house. So if I want to scream and yell and cry and stomp my feet, I won't feel like I'm bothering anybody or get interrupted. But I'm going to keep my phone on so I can see what time it is. Right. You know, uh, then, you know, to do that, like, oh, okay, well, I've got 20 minutes to sit, uh, to see it through. That puts a condition on the emotion that mm. you're going to be accepting back in. So now you and can't control. accept it back in. Yeah. Because yeah. now you're being conditional. Yeah. And then if I scream too loud and say, oh my God, Jennifer, that's too loud. You better scream into a pillow instead next time. Now mm-hmm. I'm, I'm putting a judgment on that. So I'm right. being conditional and judgmental of these parts of myself. And so if I'm conditional with myself, when I think that I'm done with this sit, I'm going to go out and be conditional with everybody else too, because I'm not really being unconditional with myself. So mm-hmm. you want to be by yourself. You want to have your phone off. You don't want to have any distractions. You don't want to say, oh, my God, this is an amazing realization I'm having during this. I better stop and write it down because I won't remember later. That's another condition. Guilty. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, and you being an energy worker, writer, you know, of so many different facets to study consciousness, you would want to do that because you would think I I need to document this. And it's like, nope. Because it, it completely stops Disrupts the flow it. of energy. Yeah. It's sort of like you think about doing a sit, like how kundalini energy moves through the body. Like if, if you're interrupted during that flow, it will shut it down and actually suppress into different areas of the body and actually mm-hmm. make the energy worse in some areas because it's such a powerful flow. So if you're going to do a sit, you have to be willing to see it all the way through and you'll know that you're it's through because you'll feel neutral at the end of it you won't feel like you have anything left in you you'll and but not even just in that sense you'll mentally and emotionally feel like i said neutral just calm you know when i first did a sit when it first came to me and i wrote about it in the book talking about how 
I was having so many panic attacks and I was so sick of not sleeping and I was so freaking angry and pissed off of not sleeping. So I kept waking up in a panic attack throughout the night. Like every 20 minutes I was up. Wow. And um, so I came downstairs and I was so frustrated. And I remember thinking, well, what does that sound like? What is this frustration? I'm so sick and tired. What does that sound like? And I was like, well, it sounds like, I want to be like a baby. I just want to cry. And then I was like, well, what does that sound like? And I, even though I was by myself, my husband was upstairs sleeping, I still felt kind of weird, like to make a baby sound. Mm-hmm. So I just was like, well, just kind of make a pretend one. What would that sound like? <laughs> and then I did. And then as soon as I did that, it was like it flipped the lid off. And then I just started bawling. And then because I gave myself permission, even if it was just kind of a little way in, I gave myself that door opener and then I began to cry so hard that I was like breathing at the, you know, like almost foaming at the mouth. I got to the point where I was hyperventilating crying. And then all of a sudden, because this can happen, I was, I had a memory of being in the crib when I was a baby and I was standing there holding the bars. So I knew because I was standing up, I was probably at least one, being able to pull myself up between that age and maybe five or something. I don't know. But anyways, and screaming like, no, where is everybody? Nobody's here to pick me up. I must be disgusting. Like even just that thought of like, I'm so cold. I'm so cold. My skin hurts. Like that's what I remember thinking. My skin hurts. And, um, and then it, so instead of going like, oh my God, what, why am I having this? I went, I just went with it. And then I was, I was crying as that baby. And then that's before I knew it. And I started to sit that, that particular night sitting up without even realizing it. I opened my eyes and I was on my side on the couch with my kneel, knees curled in in the fetal position, rocking myself. Mm-hmm. And I had this moment of, how did I get here? What's this in my eyes? Like my eyes were so full and pooled with tears, but I was neutral. So that's what I mean by like, that's how you'll know Mm -hmm. that the emotion has exhausted you when you're just, there's nothing there to examine and overanalyze anymore. To to start this, do you have Mm -hmm. to already be in the experience or is it possible to recreate the experience? Because I know many of us aren't going to go into a SIP method just like when the emotion's happening, let's say it's Mm -hmm. we're triggered by confrontation. Um, Can we then take that feeling home with us and Mm -hmm. do it there outside of when it was initially like set off? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if you get triggered at work, I wrote in the book too, like make a note in your phone of all the emotions that you're feeling in that moment. Cause mm-hmm. it will be one, it could be a whole bunch. Right. And then just, you know, you'll know what that event was. You can jot it down in point form. It doesn't have to be a long story. If you want, like the day my boss called me fat, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then I felt this, this, and this. So it doesn't have to be a long thing, just something short. Cause no matter what, it's always the image in our mind that disturbs us. So we can pull that file anytime we want, yeah. anywhere we're at. <laughs> For and sure. so if you get, yeah. And if you get 
home and you're like, oh, everybody's here. I don't have, I can't do it. Um, I'll have to do it tomorrow. Make sure that you do go to do it because otherwise you're just sweeping it under the rug. So if you wait too long, now you've actually buried it under, on top of rather, all the other stuff that was driving that experience yeah. into action in the first place. Cause again, it's, it's, it, everything is emitted through the electromagnetic field. And for most of us, doesn't matter how much we meditate or we're visualizing or doing affirmations it's the pain that's running in the backwaters of our mind that we're trying not to look at that is being created in the environment the most because it has more driving force behind it. So if you don't tend to that situation you had soon, it will just be one more block mm-hmm. on the wall that you have up. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, the sit doing a sit is really intense. It's definitely not for Everybody. And that's why people mm-hmm. come to me to help them so I can st- help stall these programs so that they're not necessarily having to go into a sit. And yet it can also make them more willing to do it mm-hmm. because then they, there's, there, there is less of a wall around them. So as perception begins to change, we move from feeling like we're in the box with no way out to all of a sudden all these holes punched in the box where all this light's coming through in it, but we go from no way out to a hundred ways out. Mm-hmm. So even to, to tackle a sit, let's say all of a sudden becomes an option. Whereas before there was like no freaking way, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. I, so for me, I know we've been, you, you told me at the very beginning, it's subtle, make a lot of notes. Um, and it is so subtle that I think if you aren't being oh, you very mean the reflective, facilitation. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, doing that work, yeah. in a one-to-one, it would if if you aren't really present, you could miss a lot of the small changes that are happening. That well, we've worked together for four weeks, and I'm changing my whole life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I love how you said, and I'm changing it because you literally are changing your life. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't feel scary. It's, Mm -hmm. um, there's there. And so from my experience, how I've experienced, um, working with, uh, Jennifer perception facilitation is all of a sudden she like reaches out. (laughs) She's like, I'm working on this today. And you're like, Ooh, (laughs) I feel that in my bones. (laughs) And, uh, and then, so one of the things that we had been working on, uh, or that you had been working on kind of stalling the program for me, I think was addiction. And a lot of times in the morning, I'll check my phone just for the time. Cause I don't have a lot of, um, electronics in my room. So I, keep my phone in a wooden drawer locked away and then I'll check it for the time. And then I'm like, "Mm, I saw a notification there. I'll check that. And then the next thing you know, I'm on my phone for 30, 40 minutes, sometimes up to an hour. And just that stalled time in bed for me, it, it dictates my entire day. My entire day is kind of like, I feel captured by everything 
else instead of my direction, my intention. So I start the day with being captured and then I'm captured the whole day. And you started working on that. And I've had, uh, I don't know how long ago we started doing that. It's got to be 10 days to two weeks. Yeah. But th- yeah. those many days um, I've been free from my phone, which is like saying something this day and age. I truly, uh, we are slaves to devices and um, things that distract us from what's really going on underneath. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's probably the even picking up the phone and doing that is I probably have anxiety about the day. I have a, a big day, a lot of things to tackle and why not sabotage it right out of the gate? So I've, mm-hmm. I've found that to, and um, procrastination too, for me, it was huge. And now I'm just like, I'm seeing the benefit to just doing it. Um, we talked about this with writing. Uh, or, or me, like, I want to write. And she's like, just set aside 20 minutes. <laughs> just sit there and do it. So for me, it's that, oh, I'll put it off, put it off. Because I kind of like that spike of adrenaline. I'm kind of addicted to that spike of adrenaline. But I see how harmful it is for my overall health. And I'm just starting to see that. I used to call it a superpower. So that's those are huge changes where I'll just be like, yep, I'm going to do it. Short-term, uh, like long-term gain here for me. I'll be, I'll feel victorious on the other side. And hmm, <laughs> I'm having a self-reflection here. <laughs> like maybe it is the fact that I don't feel like I deserve, I'm worthy of that big feeling of, oh, I did it, right? I'm more craving that, look at what you've done. You're here again, trying to get it all done, like feeling stressed, getting stressed at your family. I kind of crave that the most as like my programming and feeling victorious is something that was foreign, but Mm -hmm. I'm loving it. (laughs) Loving it now. Well, and I like too how you know, you were just saying, because everything you're saying is like, you're ha- even with procrastination, all of a sudden you're seeing it differently. That's where the perception is changing. That's where you move yeah. from being in the box with no way out. to all of a sudden, here's a way, here's a way, here's a way, here's a way. And, mm-hmm. and not just here's a way, but all, you just do the way. You're like, here's a way. Oh, okay, I'll yeah. do it. The, the, the filter is not in the way. The wall is not in the way anymore blocking you. You can still have the same stressful thoughts about something like, I'll tell people if they've had depression for years, anxiety for years, you know, we're in our patterns and certain ways of doing things that are very familiar to us for a lot of years. When the program is stalled, you can still have that same stressful thought come up for a little bit, and, but it, you won't be bodily governed by it in the same way. You won't feel that fight or flight. You won't, it, where it's activating the respiratory digestion, you know, system, you're just feeling tense in it. That's what I mean by bodily governed. You won't feel, nor will you feel as mentally controlled by it. So the thought will come up and you'll be like, yeah, but I can also do this. And mm-hmm. you're more in your rest and digest when you're thinking it through. And so you are able to go all the way with it instead of it being something that you're just going to go, maybe I'll do that tomorrow and go back into procrastination <laughs> and, and set it aside. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I love it. I just was wondering, because um, listening to you speak, it's just like listening to you speak as you teach yoga. 
When did you decide that you were going to just teach without like, I just find you so strong as a teacher and confident and brave and bringing this in where some people would be like, ah. <laughs> I need to leave here right now. She is like, she is seeing me and telling the whole room who I am. Cause I literally feel like that's all of us. But when did that evolve? Like, uh, like to be that strong, I'm sure that's been an evolution. But like, how did you decide I'm going to bring this in here and change people's lives in 60 minutes? Because uh, like, it's just a different style of student you bring in. I noticed that. And mm-hmm. everyone leaves. They're just like, that was amazing. Oh, and a lot of teachers so get that that is amazing. But this is like, that is amazing. It's going to change my life. <laughs> when did oh, that start happening for you as a yoga teacher? Because to to do a drop-in class and be that powerful, that's a real gift. Oh, thank you so much, Melanie. You know what? It was actually, remember how I was saying how I traveled around the world hiring different people? Um, so that it was when I went and did, I did a body electronics training. Okay. Um, when was that? Um, probably nine or 10, maybe 10 years ago, let's say by now, I guess. Um, and that was in London, England. And then I went back to London to see a different guy to hire him to just simply do point holding on me. So body electronics is a type of point holding where you physically hold different acute points on people's body and so I was the point holdee, and then there was a point holder that I hired that was, he's one of the best ones in the business. So it's an extremely exhausting for both people way of moving Kundalini energy through the body. Okay. When I went and had my first session with him, because when I went for the training, I, I did have movement. Okay. Let's put it that way. But it wasn't until I went to London the second time and hired that guy, Peter is his name, by the way, um, that it was like a key went into my brain and turned and I came online. Mm-hmm. It was like, I, cause prior to that, I was so insecure and scared and, I would, I would study all this information, you know, all this information with yoga and self-help and da, 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 da. And nothing, and it was like, everything was sitting on the surface layer. Mm -hmm. Nothing was really sinking into a knowing. And then it was after that, I came back from London after a two week trip there that I walked into my class and I was like, no, I actually know what I'm talking about. And I walked in and it was like a, a completely different thing. And then it just slowly started to evolve more and more. And then I started doing this, that type of work on clients, which then led me to what I'm doing now, which is the perception facilitation, which isn't physical. Because I realized doing the body electronics, because it was so physically Mm -hmm. exhausting and mentally draining, like you'd have to hold points with people from anywhere from four to eight hours. I mean, I'm talking, you don't move. 
you don't move in it. So by the time you're done, your fingers feel like they're completely crippled into that position. And even if the person on the table has to go to the bathroom, you can't. You have to stay in that because it will disrupt the the mental body will disrupt the physical process. So you have to be extremely still. So there's all these things that were just exhausting. And then I realized out of doing that, that I could access that memory of being in the whiteout through Mm -hmm. meditation because meditation is, and I call it prayer too, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's placing yourself. Well, I guess not because meditation is a little bit more distractive as far as traditional. Like I'm going to try to stop thinking these thoughts as as traditional Mm -hmm. meditation. I'm going to block out the outside world. Whereas in meditation, when I explain it in my book, I'm doing it in a way where I'm listening to the outside so intensely that the inside unfolds. And that's when the kingdom of heaven to me is revealed is Mm -hmm. when we're no longer in argument with the outer. So that's the place I take myself into and is why I see it as a form of prayer as well. Mm -hmm. But it was there that I realized I can access that memory of the whiteout and I can become a bridge because at the core of our atoms is 99.9% space we're mm-hmm. hollow and everything is tuned by vibration and frequency and so i thought well let's just see what happens and i started doing it that way and then it evolved into what to what i'm doing now um uh, are, are you did mm-hmm. you did you come up with the term perception facilitator yes. or is that so that's this yes. you're the only one doing this yeah as, as far yes. as i know yeah 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 that was my term for it because i that's essentially what it is. You know, mm-hmm. I'm all sharing yeah, perception, but I'm stepping in as a facilitator. I'm mm-hmm. not a teacher. And it's the same thing with yoga. A lot of people call themselves yoga teachers mm-hmm. or go to school and call themselves teachers at school. And automatically that puts you up on a pedestal. And now I, I'm looking down at all my students mm-hmm. because I know more than them. I think I know more than them, which yeah. means I know not nothing at all. Right. So, I'm just on the verge of a nervous breakdown over here, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, so to facilitate, like truly though, I was at one point still being a teacher. <laughs> yeah. But to yeah. facilitate, remember you're a facilitator. So a facilitator comes in to demonstrate something and then they get out of the way Yeah. so that the participants can have their own experience. And so that's what I do in class is I come in to merge with the class. I'm, I'm listening to the room and then I facilitate from there. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I, I, like yeah. I attest to that you are listening because it's just like you can hear the room sort of holding their breath because you've poked something and then you freed it in the next sentence and you can feel the room relax. It's it's a really, if you are local to the city of Calgary, you've got to go check it out or check her class out because <laughs> it's next level. Um, wow. So perception facilitation, are you currently, obviously you are, you're working with me, but are you currently taking um, new clients? I know you're currently working in it, but is there space for more people to join? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And is your website the best place for them to find you? Yeah, because there is a submissions form there. So people can reach out to me there. That's a great thing to point out. Thanks. 
<laughs> yeah, that's how I that's how I got in touch with you. I filled out the contact yeah. form and you were in touch with me right away. And we actually yeah. started working together straight away. And yeah. uh, the procrastinator in me was like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready. I wasn't expecting <laughs> this this fast, but it was it was exactly what I needed and so perfect. And you're in Mexico right now and you're still able to do your work while you travel and um, be all over the place, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's the great thing about, like it said, from moving from something that's physical into the reality of what we actually are. It's yes, the mind yeah. making the matter. Mm-hmm. No time, no space. Yeah. 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 Um, is there any other offerings you have going on right now or anything you want to um, let people know about before I uh, let you go? Um, I will be doing a teacher training here soon. Um, I'll have some information about that up on my website soon. I'm doing it with a few other girls, so that'll be exciting. Um, And always doing the perception facilitation. And if anybody wants to buy my book, Soul Center, it's on Amazon. And um, I'm in the middle of writing a new book right now. And that'll be out for sure 2025. I'll be yeah. probably finished writing it in the next few months, but then with editing Takes and all the whole procedures, yeah, probably won't yeah. get out till early 2025. I yeah. highly recommend getting Soul Center if you uh, haven't read it already. It's amazing. Um, there's so much of her story inside of it that might rock your world. <laughs> Just knock <laughs> your socks off what she's been through and um, how you have cultivated this really um, unique style of healing. I am so uh, keen and eager to keep going. And thank you so much for being here. I'll pop your website details and a link to your book on, is the best place to buy at Amazon? Yeah, I think so. They have it online with Barnes and Noble, I know as well, and a few other places. But um, but usually Amazon is... People have their Prime account. For people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we're, Go Prime. We're all looped into the Prime programming. Um, yeah. So I'll link her website. So if you want to get in, in contact with her, you have questions, you want to work with her, it'll be uh, in there, our description and also a link for her book. And you should definitely get the book if you're curious at all. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for joining me. I really, really appreciate you taking the time out of your Mexico uh I guess it's not really a vacation because you've been living there, but taking time out of being in the sun and sand to thank with you. Us. Thank, thank you. you, Melanie. And thank you listeners so, so much for choosing the mystics and broomsticks podcast and supporting me and Tanya. Peace in peace out.